The AI Optimist with Declan Dunn. You remember just a few years ago how easy everything was? I mean, a creator would write a book, do a painting, do a picture, and then somebody who's a curator say, hey, can I use that in my work? Can I borrow it? Can I put it on my website? Have we made any money? We split some money from the sales. But today we're questioning everything. What's art? What's ownership? What's creativity as Gen AI explodes with possibilities, lawsuits, and content acquired without permission? And the question is, does it even matter? In this episode, creator or curator, the blurring lines of copyright in the age of Gen AI, we're, we're going to dive into out with the old, in with the Gen AI, the transformation of copyright. Because we have two parties, and I want to share with you how this will not only shape copyright, but how you're going to create things within your company as an artist, as a writer in the next five, 10 years. See, a creator and curator, they shape our world, how we experience it. Creators produce new works of art, literature, music, and a curator by prompting, if using Gen AI, and presenting works of art, literature, music for an audience. But the world of copyright law right now looks like a grand old library. Each book is a masterpiece hiding behind glass cabinets with stern lawyers metering out usage. In other words, it limits access. And now Gen AI looks more like a shape-shifting librarian who opens the books while ripping up new chapters, alternative endings, and entirely new novels. So is copyright law a Luddite, you know, in the past position in the age of AI? And what is creative content? Should it even be copyrighted? And how do we keep original works going? Because when you understand something about AI, if as human beings, we don't fuel it with the original work, creativity, the new stuff, it's called model collapse. It starts getting weaker. If all we do is just use it to create content, it's going to get worse and worse. So we're sort of the core and interdependency that we have to look at in old rules, new tools, how Gen AI is rewriting the copyright handbook. And I had a discussion with some great friends both pro and con, and let me share with you what Warren Whitlock, who I've known a long time, shared. His quote, copyright law is not just antiquated, but soon irrelevant. If we get to the point with unlimited real-time content creation, there's no need to steal anything or try to hold on to finite amounts of contact in libraries. Copyright is sold to us to protect the artist. I hold that it's a way to package art for a sale to a mass audience and not need it. Now, it's interesting because if you always remember at the AI Optimist, come to the blog. It's much more content beyond what I share in this podcast. And I share a picture of an old poet named Oscar Wilde. He wasn't old then. In 1884, the Supreme Court brought a case when they took his picture and the photographer said, I want to copyright this. And this photograph was deemed a work of art and the product of the photographer's intellectual invention. No different from writing a novel. In other words, the camera was a tool. And is AI, is ChatGPT, Claude, Bard, etc., are they all just tools? Or is there something different going on? That's what not only is being figured out, but what's really funny is that the people with high level of skills, writers, artists, etc., they're not really seeing that much of a boost in their productivity, in their output. That doesn't mean all of them, 
but some of them have resistance. Others are just better than the current state of AI, where the ones who have lower level skills are actually upskilling and leveling up and becoming really good working with AI. So if we look at Warren's viewpoint, that it's sort of antiquated, the pros of it is we're going to get rid of copyrights. We can have an explosion of creativity. Why stop us? It's easy to use. There's less lawyer's fees. Rapidly, we can create stuff. If you ever sat down with MidJourney, it's amazing how quickly you can create things. And AI enhancement will enhance human creativity. But against that is loss of income, because the thing copyrights did was create income, but also limited usage, so you had to pay it. But at what point does that lack of payment create sort of a commodity-driven content, which, remember, would actually cause the collapse of AI and make it less efficient and actually make what you get out of it not as good. Because without us bringing new ideas, new angles, AI doesn't do that yet, maybe not ever. And is it make it a commodity? They're quality concerns. And do we get into a group think rather than getting creative ventures? We're all just basically copying each other and sort of putting out the same stuff, which by the way, a lot of this is sort of bunk in one sense, because there's always group think and very few artists or writers actually make money off of what they create. Even if you've seen anybody with a bestseller, they make a teeny amount. It's big people who do distribution, the publishers, the movie companies who are really in the way. And this is say, how do we live in this world? It's, do we just destroy it? So Gen AI and the future of creative ownership are artists being written out. And this is from a friend, T.G. Watts Bramhall, who actually said in the same discussion with Warren, AI stole from artists in the first place. In some pieces, you can even see an original artist's signature incorporated into the work. She says AI isn't creating new work, it's taking pieces of existing work. And she doesn't think it's a bad thing, but nobody told her that her work was being scraped. And she goes, for some of my work, I probably would have given permission if asked. For others, I would have denied it, but I never had the chance to make that choice. And a lot of the software sort of hides that choice in what's called an opt out. In other words, you give permission until you tell it no, instead of opt in where you give it permission or it doesn't do it at all. You have to go in your settings and change your permissions if you don't want your work scraped. So what's interesting is even on the lawsuits that are coming out, they say the success and profitability of open AI are predicated on a mass copyright infringement without a word of permission or a nickel of compensation to copyright owners. That's uh, from Franz and Grisham and other prominent authors sue OpenAI in the New York Times. So for pro-copyright, it gives us an incentive to be original, the existing system, quality over quantity, and protection against model collapse. It actually helps AI actually get smarter. But the problem is access. We don't all get it. You almost have to have money. And this is why so many great pieces don't get in the hands of everyone. It can, in a way, limit inspiration because copyright restrictions block the remixing or adaptation of existing works. We can't mix, sample, and while that may sound odd to older generations, to a newer generation, it's sort of crazy to have that limit. And there's old laws and new rules. Obviously, we're going to have to get some new precedents and law going in, and that's what I want to dive into with. At the end, I'm going to give you some specific suggestions of how we can work this because I am a big fan of AI but I'm also a big fan of protecting somebody's original work if they can go to that length and prove it, and if they do it all themselves. So the ethical dilemmas of AI was it scraped content without permission. So it went to many different sites 
that like um, Reddit and Wikipedia, it went to social media where things are quote unquote public. And this idea that being public is one of the cores that OpenAI and other companies are saying is that AI didn't steal or scrape or do it without permission. This was already put out in the public domain. Remember that word public domain means anyone can use it. Now, Stability AI, which does a thing called Stable Diffusion, which is a competitor to Midjourney, among many other things, they went out and scraped images from Getty images and probably will get destroyed because if anyone's ever used a Getty image, if you use one image, they'll come at you with a lawsuit asking for hundreds or thousands of dollars. Why anyone would go to those kind of highly quality, highly owned, highly lawyered up content is crazy. So, but ownership. How do we define? Because once it's in AI, we don't really know what, how much that Getty image went into your creation or how much that Picasso painting went into your creation. There's ways we're going to go into later, but right now it's sort of a black box. And if all these lawsuits succeed, we'd have to have a giant reset, wipe out all the cool stuff we have in OpenAI and ChatGPT and Claude and start from the beginning, which not only would cost those companies billions, but it would put us back to zero. And I really don't think that's happening. It just doesn't make sense. So using creative content for what's training data, because that's how it learns. AI learns by bringing in all this content, doing a bunch of wacky math and learning and things that we've discussed in previous pods. But what happens is it's sort of like a chef using someone else's secret recipe to create a new dish and then claiming it as an original. I mean, I have actually seen artist signatures show up on work I produced in Mitchell. That's what gets people angry. I didn't give you permission. Even if I had a choice, at least I could do it knowing that maybe there's not any money in it because that's what it really comes down to. Hey, shouldn't I get paid? But look at what Spotify has done to musicians, getting paid less. Is it just a reality that the old models of content are sort of antiquated, as Warren said? But all we're talking about today, and that's happening, by the way, in new AI, is we need transparency and choice. If you're going to go scrape it, give us a choice. OpenAI, for example, lets you put some code in your site to block them from using that content in ChatGPT. Great. And there's other ways. We could actually put watermarks, little digital marks embedded in the content you create in AI or in your original content. So if it is used, we have a way of tracking back. It's sort of futuristic, and I don't know if it'll work, but at least it gives some protection. But what's if you've ever done content, I've written 13 books. People will steal your work. They'll take it, sell it in other countries. We're here, like I copyright in the US. I don't copyright in Singapore, for example. I don't really have protections there anyway. And that's where it's sort of mind blowing is this has been going on a long time and it's sort of offensive, but you know, it seems smaller, not when all of a sudden everybody can access your content. That's where it's really weird. And they're legal threats. Again, they would destroy everything that's going on. And what do we do? Do we go back and give retroactive permission and royalties? It's just not possible. I mean, maybe, maybe for like a Getty Images might be able to do that. But going back to me or some other smaller artist, how do we know? How do you know you took my book? How do we know? We definitely should go to opt-in models. And this will blow the mind because tech companies hate opt-in because it makes them do the work. And they realize that if we force you as a user to say, yes, you can use it, Versus saying, hey, wait, you could just check this box and then we will not use it called opt out. They know it's far, far better and you'll get more content if you make it automatically checked and make you as the creator check and uncheck it. 
That's doesn't that's not a legal thing. That's actually the core. And we need some legal precedents. And this is going to happen in the next few years. There's so many lawsuits from painters to Getty Images like to I'm sure Star Wars, all these companies who own this and develop this and make millions or billions of dollars. They don't just want you stealing that. And what a lot of people create is their favorite movies or their favorite characters. What about likeness of an actor? And then what about deep fakes that we can then use that to put them in inappropriate positions, to say the least? This goes really, really deep beyond what we've been able to deal with. Well, what I want to suggest to you is that AI is showing us that there's two tiers of content. Human-created content will get a copyright, will be recognized for originality, and we actually need to encourage that originality. Because again, without it, AI doesn't grow. But how do we encourage that without limiting access? How do we integrate it in? And what I'm going to suggest to you is there's going to be two tiers, high quality copyright content and then public domain and what's called creative commons, which is what Wikipedia uses. So, for example, I have pictures and things I put online. I can say, hey, this is public domain. You can use this to provide a link back to my website to give me attribution and with my name and different things I might ask. Or I could say, hey, you have to pay me. In other words, I could set the rules. The problem is that's very difficult to really monitor and track, but what it shows is there's a divide between what's in the public domain, like things that are from the 20s, books, for example, have all been scraped because there are no copyrights. But we certainly want things that are more relevant and more recent, right? So what I'm seeing is that there's going to be expensive and high-quality paid content, again, Star Wars, Getty Images, with a licensing fee and attribution to pay for access. In other words, they would put something in their content, some form of digital tracking watermark, for lack of a better word. So if it was used in a creation, maybe it was used in 10%, maybe 100%, it would be able to say, great, 10% Getty, 10% Star Wars, something like that. I'm just name dropping those because they're obvious. But it would only go to those bigger companies, enterprises who would pay for higher level content, magazines, media, things like that, that would feed in the system and provide a lucrative way to keep that originality going. We could have a Creative Commons license for our own content to give some permissions where you could use it, something form of that, maybe even make it more blockchain driven. I'll talk about that later, not to make it all crypto. It's not about that, but we could actually create smart contracts around this to make it automatic and not hard for somebody like my friend who said she wanted to protect her work and give permission. She could set a fee. It could all be done automatically. So if you used her work or part of her work, she'd at least get something. And it would be recognized and there'd be some protection. So considering adding an incentive, like, for example, what if creators were given free access to Gen AI? Because if you've ever been on social media, you'll know that maybe 10 to 15 percent of the people create, maybe 20 percent total of the whole audience create and comment. That means about 80 percent watch or just look. They're not lurking. I hate that word because it's not like they're hiding. This is a stage and only a few people get up and do it. So if they're creating content. Do they need to be protected? Not everybody does, but if they would want to, why can't they? In fact, I show you on my blog a picture of Prince, and this was a recent Supreme Court ruling because Andy Warhol, who would often take a public image and then do his fancy art around it, he did one of Prince, but because it was not considered really original or unique, and it pretty much just copied Prince's image, that it was it worked against him, and they found against the Warhol estate that they could not use that original because it was too much like the original photo. In other words, it's like AI that sort of doesn't do anything but copy and use it without paying the original person, okay? 
So these are ways the weird laws are evolving. We don't have any idea. But let me suggest to you two forms of copyrights that I think should be done. One is the existing one. I'm going to call them creator copyrights, traditional copyrights, the existing model, which means human authored. You have to prove it. If you're a writer, you have to do 50% or more of the content, provide that it's original, that you've adapted it. That in other words, you're not just stealing it. And that magic job is about 50% is the measure. Same thing in painting, creating digital art, things like that. Now that gets a little harder, but basically proving human authorship. You register with the copyright office, which you have to pay for. And by the way, you only do that country by country. So if you do it in the US, it's not protecting you in Europe and other places. And it's really hard. You buy copyrights everywhere. That gets expensive. There is no protection internationally, ultimately. Artists with a copyright have the sole authority to license or sell their work and say, hey, you can't use it. You can use it. And infringements are punishable by payment. Now, a second type of copyright will be curator copyrights. And this is the co-creation between Gen AI and content creators. I put in some prompts, like you'll see in my blog post that goes with this pod. That work is created out of Midjourney. Then I could say, hey, myself and Midjourney did it, and we could get credits and royalties are split. And quite honestly, most of the large language models would probably give me permission to use it unless it reached a certain level of making money. Because let's face it, most of this stuff doesn't make any money, so it really doesn't matter. That's the fact. But what happens when it does matter? It's making money like the Rich Men from Richmond song that went crazy. What if somebody took that and just used it and sold it and said to heck with the artist who created it? Now, that's a rare case, but that's what we're talking about. That's where the curator copyright comes in. Creator means the writer of the song would get all the ownership and copyright. The curator means it would be blended between the human being and the AI platform or developer that created that. So it would create a new legal framework for co-creators, a dual attribution, meaning the technology and the person helping it out would do it and splitting royalties, if there are any, on a pre-agreed percentage. Now, the final part is really, I think, applies much better, smart contracts, which comes out of blockchain. So a smart contract would specify conditions under which the AI-generated content can be used, modified, or monetized. If there is no smart contract, it's all public domain. So it will be up to you to create a smart contract, but that would automatically, ideally, be created in a blockchain so that when somebody interacts or uses the content or wants to borrow it, a payment, a fee, permission, notification would happen. And unlike traditional contracts, these are self-executing, meaning we don't need agents or lawyers. It just happens. You say, yes, give me a smart contract. The record's created, and then it's associated with that. So if it's used in Gen AI, if it's used on social, you would know and be able to do something if, you know, the rare chance it made money. So a creator copyright is for purely human-generated work, so sort of like what we have now. A curator copyright would recognize human and AI contributions, and the smart contracts would allow for the rest of us for dynamic and automated monetization, and quite honestly, like Creative Commons, just a link to be able to recognize your work. So the case for copywriting AI-generated art and content is that we're co-pilots, and we should expand legal rules beyond human authorship. It doesn't make sense to limit it to humans. There should be new norms for what's original, because if somebody's prompting and like I shared in my last pod about the artist who created that piece of work and then edited it, did 624 prompts and edited it in Photoshop, that person probably deserves some form of copyright. 
maybe the copyright length would depend on the level of AI creating. I mean, it's sort of hard to say, hey, I did 10 prompts, you did 100, so the 100's more valuable. You do a really smart prompt, you don't need 100. So it's not really a quantity game, but it should give digital credit, and we really need international copyrights. This is where it blows beyond countries. So there are ways like explainability and interpretability of AI where they're developing ways that we can find out what was used and how it was used so we can be able to give some credit, especially to the bigger companies who are really putting this and quantifying what human input means. Where, how do you say, I did a lot of input versus where the AI did most of the work? Because MidJourney, frankly, does all the creating. You tell it what to do, but you're not actually doing the creating other than you're sort of a director and they're the actor on the stage. So curator copyright for joint creation could have revenue sharing, license fees, rule setting, using explainability. So we could set the rules and say, hey, this was used, this wasn't used, partial AI rights, partial human rights, and smart contracts. So looking at blockchain for credit and free models, where there would still be free and, and low paid models so everyone could use AI, and then a higher level for that really valuable, extremely high level movies, again, Star Wars, Getty Images level content, you would have to pay a much higher price to get access to mix that into what you're doing and make AI a collaborative tool. Because, you know, the old days of just swiping content and not worrying about it, they're not going away. But how do you even like measure this? This is what's going to happen. That's going to be so fascinating because this is what's going to make this explode. We need human originality and we need the technology to do what it does. We're co-pilots. So while Gen AI is busy creating its own Mona Lisa or penning sequels to the movie Oppenheimer, it's doing so by sampling from countless creators without asking for permission. So the question is, do the original creators, artists, writers, and thinkers creating the content own the rights to their work in this AI-driven future? Hey, come to the AI Optimist. Leave a comment, please. Reply to this email if you've seen it. Let me know because creator or curator is going to impact us all. And we need to know how to actually use it and say, maybe copyrights are old, but what do you do to reward the originality so the human race keeps creating original content and making AI better and better? The AI Optimist. My name's Declan, and I'm done. See you next time.